Good morning and welcome to St. Patrick's Cathedral. Today we celebrate the feast of the Transfiguration of the Lord. You will find today's program online on the church's website or the cathedral's website and I will be announcing all of the hymns for today. Today's celebrant is Father Enrique Salvo, rector of our cathedral. Please now rise and sing our entrance hymn, which you can find in the blue St. Michael's hymnal. It's hymn number 799, Tis Good Lord to Be Here. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Lord be with you. Welcome everyone to St. Patrick's Cathedral and everyone that is with us throughout the world in this Holy Mass. Welcome, and we are all in this Mass together on this day of the transfiguration of our Lord. And let us begin by recalling our sins and asking our Lord to grant us His peace, His mercy, and His forgiveness. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do. 
through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Christ eleison, Christ eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison.
Let us pray. O God, who in the glorious transfiguration of your only begotten Son confirmed the mysteries of faith to the witnesses of the fathers and wonderfully prefigured our full adoption to sonship, grant we pray to your servants this bestowing of this, those who believe in him that we may marry to become co-heirs with him who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. A reading from the book of the prophet Daniel. As I watched, thrones were set up, and the Ancient One took his throne. His clothing was snow-bright, and the hair on his head was white as wool. His throne was flames of fire with wheels of burning fire. A surging stream of fire flowed out from where he sat. Thousands upon thousands were ministering to him, and myriads upon myriads attended him. The court was convened, and the books were opened. As the visions during the night continued, I saw one like a son of man coming on the clouds of heaven. When he reached the ancient one and was presented before him, the one like a son of man received dominion, glory, and kingship. All peoples, nations, and languages serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that shall not be taken away. His kingship shall not be destroyed. The word of the Lord. The Lord is King, the Most High over all the earth. The Rejoice, let the many islands be glad. Clouds and darkness are round about him. Justice and judgment are the foundation of his throne. The Lord is king, the most high over all. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his justice, 
all people see his glory. The Lord is King, the Most High over all the earth. Because you, O Lord, are the Most High over all the earth, exalted far above all gods. The Lord is King, the Most High over all the earth. reading from the second letter of St. Peter. Beloved, we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we had been eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when that unique declaration came to him from the majestic glory. This is my son, my beloved, with whom I'm well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice come from heaven while we were with him on a holy mountain. Moreover, we possess the prophetic message that is altogether reliable. You will do well to be attentive to it as to a lamp shining in a dark place until day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. The word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, o Lord.
Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, and saying, Rise and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. Today we celebrate the Feast of the Transfiguration, which we just heard the description of what happened that day on Mount Tabor. The reason we do August 6th is because in the first centuries of the church, they, they uh, built the first church up on that hill of Mount Tabor, which now it's another one, but you can still visit it. Something very recommendable is, to, first of all, to go to the Holy Land if we're able to travel, or at least to, to see there's so many YouTube channels and everything that gives you tours, and just to learn about the powerful places in the Holy Land in which all of these things in the life of Jesus took place. And Mount Tabor, a very powerful place it is. It's, it's a pretty high mountain, and it, it must have taken at least a few hours for them to climb. And to get there these days, most people take these little buses that go up and down all day long and, and this like swirling around until you get to the top of the mountain where there's a beautiful church. And inside the church, there's uh, the main altar, which is Jesus transfigured in the way that they're describing here. And then there's a side altar on each side, one for Moses and one for Elijah. Remember that in other versions of this gospel, uh, the, Peter wanted to build tents for them right there at that moment. And so it's a powerful place. It's usually also filled with some fog. So you do feel like, with like the cloud that came from heaven in the moment that this happened. And it's very powerful. And in that mountain, in Mount Tabor, it's close to the public, but there's a description that you can receive. Uh, there's this ancient monastery that's been there for centuries. And there's a triptych icon, which means an icon that you have to see it in three different parts. So first the first part, then the main part, and then the, the third part. And it's about the Transfiguration, obviously, there in the Mount of the Transfiguration. But it's a very unique way of seeing what happened this day of the Transfiguration in the way they depict this icon. So in the first uh, part of the icon, you see Jesus radiating like the sun with his, with his clothes white as snow. And, and, he's, and they're going up the mountain with James and John and Peter. And the three apostles and Jesus are going up the mountain. But 
the eyes of Peter, James, and John are closed. You cannot, their, their eyes are closed, and so they, they, that's the way they're going up the mountain. Then you see the main body of the icon, the, the, the biggest part, and the transfiguration is depicted. Jesus, the same, he is shining like the sun, his white, the, his, his, his uh, garments as white as snow, as is described here. But now the eyes of Peter, James, and John are open. And then the third part, they are descending back down Mount Tabor, and Jesus again is shining like the sun, but once again, the eyes of the apostles are closed. And it really is a very beautiful way to see it because Jesus, of course, has his humanity and his divinity. So it's not like he was always, that that moment something special happened to Jesus. He always had that divinity in him. The only difference was that most people, all people, when they would see him, and that's why it took faith for them to follow him and to believe in him, they just saw him as a, a human just like them. He must have had a glow to him and he must have had a presence and everything and obviously everything he did. But at the end of the day, they were just seeing a human. At this moment, they were, got, they were able to get a glimpse into the divinity of Jesus Christ and to see him shining like the sun. And like all of the moments and the big moments in the life of Jesus Christ, they all speak to us and they have great lessons for us to teach us. First of all, one of the most important things is that we have to also want that be open and ask for that grace that we too recognize him, that here and there our eyes are open to his presence. Most of the time we will, have, we will see him through the eyes of faith, but he tells us where he is present. He tells us, I am present in the Eucharist. I am present in the word that is alive. I am present in your heart. I am present in the poorest of the poor. I am present when you are together in my name to, to pray to our Heavenly Father. And when we have these things, by faith we want to know that he is present there. But we also, every so often, he gives us a glimpse, an experience, a knowledge that, yes, he is right there. And he opens up our eyes for a second. And he makes us, and he, and he allows us to see the wonders of this world, even if for a second, in the way that the apostles were able to see. We, we can see the wonders of his presence in our life. And we have to always take those experiences and guard them in our hearts. Because what happens here is that the reason Jesus even decided to do this for the apostles was because not only did he want them to have a glimpse of who he is in his divine nature, but the main reason was that the second that they were going down that hill, the passion and everything that was going to lead to the passion of Jesus Christ was to begin to happen. So the reason Jesus gave them this gift was look at me, this is who I am, what's going to happen right now when we come down that mountain is not the end of the story, and, and it, does not, it will not end with the cross, 
there is more to it as I have been telling you all along and and this is just something for you to remember that so at the moment that you are suffering at the moment that you are at the foot of the cross at the moment that you are being persecuted yourself and filled with darkness remember this moment of the transfiguration and that is going to give you strength to persevere Unfortunately, at the very beginning, eventually they all got it. Only John really learned the lesson because Peter and, and, and James both fled at the moment of the cross. Only, only John was there at the foot of the cross. But the gift was there. The gift for them to persevere at the moment that they were seeing him dying on a cross and, 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 and being tortured and being persecuted. It was a reminder that, yes, I am a, God is allowing this for the sake of humanity, but this is also me. Me and my divinity is the message that Jesus was giving them. And that's a reminder for us all. And that is why each and every moment that we have had in our lives in which we experience our Lord in a strong way, each and every moment that we are grateful for everything that he gives us, the happiness that he has given us throughout our lives, the blessings, all of the ways in which we have received love from him and from others, all of the ways in, that we have had the opportunity to love others, all of those beautiful divine moments that we have had in our lives, whether they are memories of, of, of a new beginning, of a, a birth of a child, whatever is, has happened in our life that is wonderful and is divine and is a gift from God, we have to keep those in our souls. Because what's, what's going to happen is inevitably in every life, we will also have moments of the cross and we will have moments of darkness, including of course, spiritual darkness. There will be moments that we will have a fervent relationship with God in which we are so sure that he is present there with us in our prayer time. And then we will have moments that we will have dark nights in which we no longer can sense him. And, 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 our, and our, our prayer life becomes dry and, and, and distracted, but we have to remember those moments we've had in our lives in which he has shown himself to us to keep us going, to keep us going as we go through those moments, always remembering that as Jesus wanted to teach the apostles that the cross and the suffering is never the end. It always ends with the resurrection and the new life that he has gained for us. But we need to persevere. And this is the way that Jesus was, one of the ways he wanted to show them how to persevere is by giving them this experience as he wants all of us. So first of all, let's do that. If we're going through anything, if we're going through any dryness, let us remember all the times that he's been with us because he is with us. Even if we cannot see him, he is with us. Even if the apostles were seeing him dying on the cross, Mary and John and Mary Magdalene, he was still Jesus Christ in his divinity that they were seeing. And he was doing this out of the fullest of love. So that is why we have to do that. The other thing that we must learn, and of course, in everything, there are so many lessons that we must learn in every aspect of the life of Jesus because we are following him and he is our model to follow and we are his disciples. So what happens to him affects all of us is the reality of the Holy Spirit's presence in our soul. Because we have to remember, first of all, that we are spiritual creatures. We have a body which we can scientifically test how much we weigh, how much, we, how, how, how our heart pulse is, how much our blood pressure is, we can test all that. 
but we also, more importantly, have the soul in which God, Jesus Christ, is constantly trying to divinize by his presence. We are fully human, of course. We do not have both natures as he did, but because he wants to live in us and in our hearts, and he wants to have our, our lives filled with grace and with his presence and with the, uh, the Holy Spirit, then he gives us the opportunity to be divinized in our humanity, which uh, right now in, 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 uh, in, during this Mass, we are going to receive Jesus Christ present in the Eucharist and he will be one with our soul. He will be one and so our souls may be filled with his light and, and, and with his love and with his power and presence. And that is something for us to think about because it helps us to remember the reality of that when we analyze it in, in more concrete ways. Think about the modern saints, the ones that many of us got to see either physically present if we were there or on TV, but we saw them in the way that no other saints had been seen in the history of, of the church because now we have more capacity for that. Think about St. John Paul II. Think about St. Teresa of Calcutta, Mother Teresa. Think about their presence when they would walk anywhere. When if John Paul II came into any church, into any stadium, into any place, it was beyond starstruck that people received. You felt a presence of the power of the Holy Spirit when you were in his midst that it was palpable, it was concrete. We could feel that presence in our soul because his soul was filled with the divinity of Christ that would radiate out into the world. Mother Teresa as well. Mother Teresa, who one of her first houses she opened in the United States was here in the South Bronx, not too far from here, and, and she would go there often. In that area, in that neighborhood, there's a juvenile detention center that the sisters to this day, they go visit there and they have a mass for the kids every Sunday and so on. But one day she went there to give a talk to all of the kids and the warden, he said that in, in his 25 years that he had worked there, never had there been a night in which all of the kids slept like babies, that there was no drama, there was no fighting, there was no crying, there was no fear, which you can make sense, of course, if you're in, in a terrible situation like that, that there would be. But that night, because Mother Teresa came to bring the Holy Spirit and the presence of God that was very present in, their, in her soul, they received that gift and they received it in their own souls because that is how it works. We can say the opposite too, if, if, but let's not focus on that. But if someone is filled with evil and darkness, we can kind of sense it, if we, if, especially if we have some sensitivity to that. We can sense when we're in the presence of someone that is pure evil, of someone that is filled with darkness. There's like a, there's something there that, that even can hurt our gut, perhaps. That's, there's something difficult to be in that presence. But let's not focus on that. It's just to, to make the point. But when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the, that's what happens. The divinity of, of our Lord Jesus Christ is filled with our humanity and then we radiate his love. And of course, we might not be chosen to be, although we're all chosen to be saints, we might not be chosen to be a modern day saint like St. John Paul II or Mother Teresa that people can know about, but we are all, each and every one of us called to be filled with the Holy Spirit in our soul, the divinity of God in our soul, so that we too, at least at one level or another, radiate those gifts unto one another. So let us think, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, 
Are we radiating God's love to others? Maybe we're someone that, that God wants to choose to radiate his peace or his joy or wisdom or, or, or service unto others or just being a person that anyone can count on, a person that is a, a person of support. If, or, or do we want to be someone that inspires others? What is the, the love, uh, that, the gift of the Holy Spirit that God wants to put into our soul so that we too may radiate unto others and, and that we too may be filled with that to, to give as a gift that is what Jesus wants to give us. That is what he has given all of his saints. He, that is what he is going to give himself right now in the Eucharist for us to have his life. And, and we want that in our soul because he wants to transfigure our souls as well. And he wants each and every one of our souls as best of, as according to his will to shine like the sun, that we may be pure as snow, that we may give that gift unto one another of his presence in this world. And so... On this day of the transfiguration, let us thank Jesus for all those moments in which he has given us those beautiful, powerful experiences. If we feel he hasn't, let us think harder because he definitely has. The fact that we are here is, the, is in, just in itself the fact that we have been given a huge gift by him. Let us be looking out for those and let us remember those moments fondly in our lives so that when the dark times come, we persevere. And let us ask our Lord, let us give him permission to transfigure our own souls, to be filled with his Holy Spirit, so that we too may radiate that love unto one another as he did that morning on Mount Tabor. God bless you. And now let us profess our faith. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages. God from light, God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made for us men and for our salvation. He came down from heaven and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. The Transfiguration gave three disciples a vision of Christ's future glory. Let us now offer our prayers to God the Father. For our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for our Shepherd, Timothy Cardinal Dolan, for all clergy, religious, and lady, 
that they may be holy and effective in their mission to draw all people to Christ, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those serving in public office, that they may govern with wisdom and integrity, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For peace among nations and for those suffering the effects of war, especially in Ukraine, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That the Lord may preserve the members of our armed forces from all harm, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For Kirk Bauer and all vocations to begin their discernment, may their hearts be filled with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And for all our beloved dead, that they may enjoy the fullness of eternal life, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Loving God, you told your son's disciples that we need his help for him to transform our lives and to listen to him closely, he who is your beloved son. Help us to always trust in this and grant all of our prayers. We ask through your transfigured son's name, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Please join in singing our offertory hymn, which can also be found in the blue St. Michael's hymnal. It's hymn number 718, 718. Praise the Lord, ye heavens adore him.
Pray, brothers and sisters, that this my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, our Almighty Father. Sanctify, O Lord, we pray, these offerings here made to celebrate the glorious transfiguration of your only begotten Son, and by his radiant splendor, cleanse us from the stains of sin, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For he revealed his glory in the presence of chosen witnesses and filled with the greatest splendor that bodily form which he shares with all humanity, that the scandal of the cross might be removed from the hearts of his disciples and that he might show how in the body of the whole church is to be fulfilled what is wonderfully shown first in his, its head. And so with the powers of heaven, we worship you constantly on earth and before your majesty without end we acclaim. of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples saying, take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me.
the mystery of faith. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly, we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity together with Francis, our Pope, and Timothy, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles, St. Patrick, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Amen. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace.
Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Please join in singing our First Communion hymn, Deck Thyself, My Soul with Gladness, hymn number 506 in the blue St. Michael's hymnal, 506. Oh. 
Let us pray. May the heavenly nourishment we have received, O Lord, we pray, transform us into the likeness of your Son, whose radiant splendor you will to make manifest in his glorious transfiguration, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Mass has ended. Let us go in peace. And have a beautiful Sunday, everyone. Please join in singing our recessional hymn, which can also be found in the blue St. Michael's hymnals. Hymn number 499, crown him with many crowns. Oh!